Good morning. I've been loving spending some time over these past weeks looking at the miracles of Jesus. It's so good, isn't it, to be reminded that the God who turned water into wine and raised a little girl from the dead and healed a woman as she just reached out and touched his cloak is the same God that we're worshipping here this morning in Erina, more than 2,000 years later. Well, today we're looking at another one of the amazing miracles of Jesus, the story of blind Bartimaeus. And it's a very simple, short story, really, only six verses. But it's it's an amazing story. If you stop and think about what actually happened that day on the side of the road as Jesus and his disciples made their way into Jerusalem... And like so many of the stories of Jesus, it has things to teach us about Jesus' character and about his nature, but also about how we should live the life of faith. Now, one of the reasons that I love this story so much is because I can relate a little bit to Bartimaeus, because I have pretty bad eyesight, Do any of you have bad eyesight? Put your hand up if you have average to bad eyesight. Come on, there's more of you than that. I can see glasses. Yes. There's nothing to be ashamed of with having bad eyesight. In fact, when I was young, um, I was four years old, I had an accident, and the sight in my left eye was very badly damaged. And so if I go for an eye test, I can see, you know, the big H, it's about that big. If I shut my other eye, I can see the big H, and that's, that's all. And consequently, I have a pretty big blind spot. So if you're on my left side and you're behind about there, I can't see you. Now, thankfully, my right eye's always been pretty good. But now that I'm getting older, my right eye is getting weaker as well. And so without my glasses, my world looks pretty blurry. And that can have its challenges, especially in the bathroom. Now, those of you who have good eyesight would not know how similar deodorant and hairspray look. (laughs) Or, for that matter... Toothpaste and moisturiser. <laughs> now, that's a mistake that you'll only make once. <laughs> so, the man in our story today, he didn't just have blurry sight. We're told he was completely blind. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be completely blind. It would dramatically affect your life, wouldn't it? In our culture, whilst blindness is a significant disability, there are services, there are opportunities, so that blind people can live a reasonably normal life. They have the Blind Society, guide dogs, technology to help with their communication, even beeping signals at, at pedestrian crossings. But that wasn't the case in the first century. Being blind in the first century meant that you were an outcast and that you had to beg to survive. And we're told that Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road and that's what he would have been doing every day. 
hoping that somebody would throw him some coins so that he'd be able to eat. But this day was not like every other day. This day the road was really crowded and people were heading towards Jerusalem. See, the time for the Passover was approaching and the Jews from the surrounding towns were heading into into Jerusalem to celebrate and remember the time when God rescued their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. And amongst that crowd was Jesus and his disciples. And they were on their way to Jerusalem. And we're told this in the verses just before the passage that we read um, earlier. In uh, This is Mark chapter 10. If you go back just a little bit to verse 32, it says, They were now on the way up to Jerusalem. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip and kill him. But after three days he will rise again. So Jesus is headed into Jerusalem for the Passover. In fact, this will be the last Passover that he will celebrate on earth. We now know it as the Last Supper. And he would share that Passover meal with his disciples and then one of them would betray him. And then he'd be arrested and falsely accused and beaten and ultimately put to death on a Roman cross. That's where he was headed. That was his mission. That's where he was going to fulfill the very reason that God sent him to earth. And then a blind man, Bartimaeus, calls out to him. Now, before we go on, I want to share with you something very interesting that I read this week. Have a think about it. Think of all the other healing ministries that Jesus performs. Can you think of any others where the name of the person is recorded? Think about it. You can't, that's because there weren't any. The Gospels record Jesus healing a crippled man, a deaf mute, a man with a withered hand, several blind people, a bleeding woman, several lepers, the list goes on and on. On a couple of occasions, we know who they were. So we know it was Jairus' daughter or the centurion's son or Peter's mother-in-law. But only once do we know the name of the person that was healed. And it's here in Mark chapter 10. Mark names Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Joel shared with us a couple of weeks ago about the way Jesus saw a woman who was unseen in her culture and and because of her bleeding she had been unseen and Jesus remember Joel had a picture of a spotlight Jesus turned the spotlight onto her and she was seen and then last week we heard about how Jesus gave a man a voice do you remember the father of the boy with the the demon possessed son and, and Jesus, who knew what was happening, 
He nonetheless asked the father, what's going on? And he gave him a voice. He gave him an opportunity to tell his story. On this day, Jesus gives a nameless man a name. A nobody, an outcast, encounters Jesus. And 2,000 years later, we know the name of Bartimaeus. I don't know if you ever feel insignificant, lost, ignored, nameless, voiceless. I know I've felt like that at times in my life. Maybe you're feeling like that today. If that's you, hear this. Jesus sees you. The creator of the universe knows your name. The truth of that short statement, it will change your life if you let it. It certainly changed Bartimaeus's life. Verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby. Now, I don't want you to miss the significance of that little word, heard. Bartimaeus was blind. We know that. Joel knows where we're going with this. <laughs> he was blind He was an outcast, he was a beggar, but there was one thing he could do. What was that? He could hear. How often do we focus on what we can't do? I can't play the piano like Trevor does. Or play instruments like his kids do. I can't handle a hammer or a drill like the guys in the men's shed do. I can't cook like... I don't know you all. Who are the great cooks? Put your hand up if the person next to you is a great cook. (laughs) I certainly can't run like Joel does. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12 verse 6, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. That's the benefit of being part of a body, isn't it? We're all different. We're all good at different things. We're not all arms or legs. Maybe you're an elbow or a big toe. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but he could hear. And he heard that Jesus was nearby and he started to yell. And it's interesting what he yelled. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. With very limited information or experience, Bartimaeus had great insight into who Jesus is, didn't he? He calls him son of David. To the Jews, son of David is a royal title. See, the Jews were waiting for their Messiah, the one who would save them. The Old Testament prophets prophesied that this Messiah would come from the line of David. The prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 11, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. And the prophet Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 23, For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. 
He will be a king who rules with wisdom. So the name that Bartimaeus calls out, son of David, described that Messiah that the Jews were waiting for. It's astounding, really, isn't it? Bartimaeus couldn't even see Jesus, but he knew who he was. Even Jesus' disciples hadn't yet got it, but Bartimaeus had. A blind man sitting on the side of the road declared who Jesus was. In fact, he yelled it. And verse 48 tells us that people told him to shush. Now, how often does that happen? You speak out, you you take a stand, you take a step. Maybe you've finally plucked up the courage to share your faith at work or at school. Or maybe you felt like God has called you to do something and you finally take the step. And what happens? You cop it. It's either in your head, you hear the voice or the words saying, what were you thinking? You can't do that. Or it's someone else with a snide little remark. Or the kids who were your mates are suddenly the ones who are picking on you. I was talking this week to a member of the team at Greenhouse. I don't know if you're aware, but Narara Valley Baptist have recently sent one of their pastors, Benj, with a group of about 30 young adults to plant a church in Long Jetty. They started meeting just a couple of weeks ago in the local pub, and then they have lunch after church. On their first Sunday, they had 15 new people indicate that they wanted to be part of the church family and two people who Benj prayed with who he led to Jesus. It's exciting. God is doing a great thing just down the road from here. If you think about it this week, pray for them. Benj and Mel, his wife, and the team at Greenhouse. But you know what I heard? In the weeks preceding their launch and the early weeks of their church starting up, a number of the leaders have battled sickness or their kids have been sick. They've been copying it. I guess Satan is not very happy about what's going on in Long Jetty. It happens so often, doesn't it? We take a step of obedience and like clockwork, along comes the opposition. Be quiet, the people said. But that didn't stop Bartimaeus. He yelled even louder. He was not going to let this opportunity pass him by. He was not going to let Jesus pass him by. And often when the first bit of resistance comes, we back off, don't we? I know I do. It's too hard, we say. Or or, I can't do this. Bartimaeus teaches us when the resistance comes, yell all the louder, persevere, pray, remember the words of James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face many kinds of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but he could hear. He didn't concentrate on what he didn't have, what he couldn't do. He concentrated on what he did have and what he could do. 
And when the resistance came, as it always does, he persevered. He kept yelling. Verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. I love this. Jesus is walking by, Bartimaeus is yelling and the people are telling him to shush and this man is blind, he's a beggar, he's been ostracised his whole life. He's probably been told to be quiet his whole life. But he's heard about Jesus and he's not going to let this opportunity pass him by. He's yelling, he doesn't care that the people are telling him to be quiet and he yells even louder and Jesus stops and he calls him. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and ran to Jesus. Now, I don't want you to miss the significance of what Bartimaeus did there. For a first century beggar, what do you think would have been one of his most precious possessions? Think of people who live rough in our cities or even in our, in our area. What do they have? In all the world, they might have clothes on their back, maybe a bag, and if they're lucky, a jacket or a coat. That coat would have been the thing that Bartimaeus sat on, he may have slept on it, he would have laid it out to collect the coins that people were throwing. But he tossed it aside and ran to Jesus. That's stepping out in faith, isn't it? He really believed that Jesus was going to change his life. How often do we really step out in faith like that? I don't know about you, but I'm often a bit more cautious. Yes, God, I know you're calling me to do this, but I'll just wait until I have enough savings to support me. Or I need to pay the house off first. Or I need to get the kids through school. Bartimaeus concentrated on what he could do. He was not put off by the resistance and he boldly stepped out in faith. He threw off his coat, believing with unrelenting conviction that Jesus could and would change his life. And then verse 51 tells us that Jesus asked Bartimaeus a question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I wonder if you had Jesus, God in the flesh, the creator of the universe, standing before you. And he asked you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? What would you say? A few years ago, I was meeting with a, a spiritual director and one of the things she got me to do was to ask myself that question. If Jesus was standing before you right now and asked you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? I must say my initial response was, that's ridiculous. Who am I to give instructions to the creator of the universe? And yet Jesus asks a blind beggar, the same question. 
What would your answer be if Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? Because your answer, your truly honest answer, says a lot about your heart. It's interesting that just a few verses prior to this, in Mark 10 verse 36, Jesus asked James and John the same question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And their answer tells us something about the state of their hearts. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in glory. Bartimaeus' answer was simple. Rabbi, he said, I want to see. And the word he uses to address Jesus, Rabboni. We only see one other time in the New Testament and that's when Mary recognises the risen Christ outside the tomb in John 10, 26. It's a deeply reverent and personal term. It means my teacher, Rabbi, I want to see. Bartimaeus's request is very different from that of James and John. He doesn't want to be seen, he just wants to see. He doesn't want honour, he doesn't want to be superior to ordinary people, he just wants to be an ordinary person. He doesn't want to rule over others, he just wants to join them in living a normal life. What would your answer be? Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. The word used here for healing, sesokan, has a lovely ambiguity. It can mean healed, made whole or saved. And in this case, all three are true. Bartimaeus not only regains his sight, but he becomes a follower of Jesus. We're told he followed Jesus down the road. To where? In just a few days, it would be Good Friday. I can't help but wonder whether Bartimaeus was one of the crowd during the tumultuous events of that coming week, seeing Jesus tried and convicted and put to death. At the beginning of this story, Bartimaeus was sitting by the road, a blind beggar, an outcast from society, but he focused on what he could do, not what he couldn't do. He was not put off when resistance came. He stepped out in faith, throwing off his cloak. He boldly asked of Jesus what he believed he could give him. Rabboni, he said, I want to see... And his life was changed. He was healed, made whole and saved. And he became a follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your word and for this simple story. 
We love the fact that we can read about a man who lived over 2,000 years ago and learn from him things that help us live as Christ followers on the Central Coast in 2019. Lord, we know what it's like to struggle. Many of us have things that hinder us, like Bartimaeus's blindness. For some of us, it's sickness. For others, it's challenges with relationships, with work. For some, it's battling addictions. Help us, like him, to bring our needs to you, knowing that you can and will heal. And Lord, we know what it's like to cop resistance when we're stepping out in faith. Sometimes it's discouraging words either in our own heads or coming from others, telling us to be quiet or that we're not good enough or smart enough or talented enough. Sometimes it's other kinds of resistance as Satan tries to take us off course. Lord, when we cop it, help us like Bartimaeus to rise above it, to push through it, to yell louder. Help us to know that you have already won the victory over the plans of Satan and that you can and will use every circumstance, even the hard things, for our good. And Lord, we thank you that even though you know what we need, you stop and you ask, what do you want me to do for you? May we have the courage and the grace to answer that question daily. And when we see you answer, may we give you all the glory and honour that you deserve. And finally, Lord, we bring before you our brothers and sisters down the road meeting at Long Jetty, Benj and Mel and the team at Greenhouse. We're excited about the new thing that you are doing in that community Protect them, we pray, from all that Satan would try to do to distract them and take their eyes off you and what you've called them to do. May there be a light in the darkness. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.